Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the Derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. Time to get you dialed into the biggest stories of the day. This is the Daily 10 with Matt Chernoff. All right, everybody, here we go after the long holiday weekend. It's your friend Matt back again, and we're ready to take you on our 10-minute sports journey together today. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. I hope you had all the great football and the family and the fun, because now things get really interesting around the college football world and the NFL. Here's what's coming up today on our Rhodes Group Rundown. It's brought to you by the Rhodes Group. This time of year, it's so important as you start budgeting for 2024 that you think about the assistance of an independent insurance agent to make sure you're getting the best from your home and car insurance. Well, the Rhodes Group is that independent agency I turn to. They're located in the northern suburbs of Atlanta, and they've done the great work for me that they can do for you. As the old saying goes, time is money. And as insurance rates continue rising faster than ever, it's so important that you get at least 10 insurance quotes to make sure you're getting the best policy. Otherwise, you're going to spend hours doing it yourself. Instead, get in touch with an independent insurance agency like the Rhodes Group to shop for you. That comes with peace of mind, which gives you comprehensive collision, uninsured motorist coverage, third-party liability, all the things that you think you know about, but there's a chance you would mess up. Instead, let the Rhodes Group do that shopping and get you the best policy, the best rates, and the best coverage today. They set up a landing page for our listeners where you can go directly to get those 10 quotes. Easy peasy. Go to Rhodes-Group.com slash churnoff. You have to use my last name. It'll make it so easy. Rhodes, R-H-O-A-D-S, Rhodes-Group.com slash churnoff. Or call them directly over the phone. They'll do it in 10 minutes. 678-341-9667 for the Rhodes Group. So the reactions, and most of them I'm seeing to Georgia's win over Georgia Tech this past weekend, I think they should be flipped, turned upside down. We'll talk about the dogs' close call against Georgia Tech and what's coming up for Georgia now in the SEC championship game against Alabama. We'll also discuss the Falcons' formula for success, which was on display yesterday in a win over the New Orleans Saints. And somehow or another in the crummy NFC South, the Falcons are now in first place. And all is way too quiet in Braves country, which usually means Alex Anthopoulos is about to pounce. All of those stories coming up. But let's start with Georgia's win over Georgia Tech, 31-23 on Saturday night in a game that turned out to be much closer than any of us anticipated. It wasn't the cleanest game on the Georgia side, but give Georgia Tech credit. I know there's lots of talk about the officiating and a lackluster Georgia effort. and All that stuff might be true. But I thought Georgia Tech had a good game plan. I thought Buster Faulkner had a very good night. For Georgia, though, in a winning effort, they rushed for 262 yards. Don't neglect that. On 36 carries. That's 7.2 yards per attempt. Georgia was led by Kendall Milton, who had 18 carries, 156 yards, got in the end zone twice. Clearly the best game of his career. But more importantly, the Georgia offensive line dominated, which you would expect against this Georgia Tech defense. 
as far as Carson Beck was concerned, I thought he was just okay. Not one of his better games. He was 13 for 20, just 165 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. It became clear for Georgia when they realized that we can get 7, 8, 9, 10 yards a pop, let's just keep running the football. And they did that, which, again, makes a ton of sense going back to the 36 carries on the night. On the other side, for Georgia Tech, they had success on the ground, too. They rushed for 205 yards on 44 rushing attempts in the loss. And again, I thought Buster Faulkner, Georgia Tech's OC, had a good plan. They schemed up a lot of good stuff in the run game. They had Haynes King use his legs, and they kept drives going to keep the game much uh, much more interesting again than any of us would have thought. But I think the reactions to the game are rather telling. It's pretty interesting that a lot of Georgia fans are very down, very bothered, after watching their team win a 29th straight game. Meanwhile, Georgia Tech fans are actually feeling pretty good after watching their team lose a sixth straight game in-state to Georgia. This is all about expectation. I understand that. I get both reactions, but both should come with some more context. You can say things in sports like there are no such thing as moral victories, but that absolutely was a moral victory for Georgia Tech. They were down one score late in the fourth quarter and needed a third down stop to get the ball back with a chance to go push it downfield. That's a very big deal for a program that's still trying to rebuild, like Georgia Tech, that had really hit depths that they never should have hit under Jeff Collins. They've been so dominated by Kirby Smart in Georgia. I think the average uh, margin of victory is 33 points a game over the last five years. So, yes, I can get the Tech fan feeling like there's a little moral victory. They finished 6-6. Six and six, They're going to a bowl. They pushed Georgia on a Saturday night. That's not something you should neglect. But the other side. You can be mad after a Georgia lackluster win against Tech, or you can just realize they're not going to dominate every week. That's just not physically or emotionally possible. Georgia just finished 12-0 in the regular season for a third straight year. That's nuts. This was the classic sandwich game. I warned everybody after Georgia played three emotionally charged games against top 15 competition. Georgia treated the game as such. They rested four of their best players, and I don't blame them. It was smart to sit Brock Bowers and Lad McConkey. Same with Tate Ratlich and Ra-Ra Thomas. They were all out. But Georgia still won the game, and again, that's all that matters. It would be nice for the Georgia fan who, and this is a compliment, you're spoiled because your team has been so dominant now for three years. If Georgia won every week by 50, that's not real life. But here is what's real. Georgia now has set a record, 29 straight wins, which is a new SEC record. They've won 45 of their last 46 games. They've won 39 regular season games in a row and 15 road games in a row. Plus add to it 21 non-conference wins in a row and six in a row against Georgia Tech. It's okay to admit Georgia Tech played better than anybody thought. Jacket fans can admit, while moral victories suck, that kind of was one. And for the dog fan, I've said many times, you can choose to be frustrated and bothered and angry every time Georgia is lackluster against South Carolina or Auburn or Georgia Tech. That's real life. When the lights are the brightest and the games are the most important, guess what Georgia's done over the last two-plus years? They've won. That's what I would expect against Alabama coming up in the SEC championship game. Oh, by the way, the Dogs have opened as a four-point favorite coming up on Saturday afternoon at 4 o'clock inside Mercedes-Benz Stadium. All right, coming up, we'll talk about what the Falcons did to the Saints and their winning formula in a moment. First, I'll tell you about the Daily Draft. That's my go-to sports bar. I'm such a big fan of Sean Daly and his great crew at the Daily Draft. If we like locally owned businesses, 
That's what this is. Sean Daly's Daily Draft is located on Main Street in downtown Woodstock. So if you're in Woodstock, easy. But if you're in Milton or Alpharetta or Roswell, stones throw away. If you're in Canton or Kennesaw, you're a couple of stones away. It's so easy to get to. Right in the heart of all the bars and restaurants in downtown Woodstock lives the Daily Draft, who just unveiled a brand new menu. It's not like sports bar, deep fried fare. It's really good. A lot of choices, a lot of options, whether it's flatbread, soup, salads, wings, burgers, you name it, they have it all. Plus, they have a beer wall with self-serve taps, which you're going to love, a craft beer bar for your enjoyment, and the flat-out best big screen in the burbs. I'm going to be at the Daily Draft this coming Thursday night. We will be there 7 to 9. Just to give you an idea, if you're listening to this podcast on Monday, we will be there on November 30th for another installment of our monthly trivia. We have a really good time. We watch football. We play a round or two of trivia. We give away some prizes. We'd love to have you out there 7 to 9, Thursday night, November 30th, for the Daily Draft trivia with your friend Matt. You can find out more about the Daily Draft by following them on their social channels on Instagram or Facebook or their website, dig deep there at thedailydraft.net. So the Falcons beat the Saints 24 to 15 yesterday inside Mercedes-Benz Stadium. The Falcons are now 5 and 6 overall, 3 and 0 in the NFC South and da da da. They are now in first place in the crappy division. That's cuz New Orleans is 5 and 6 but just 1 and 2 in the division and right now the Falcons have a game in hand over the Saints which should matter later on down the season. But let's be clear. Those are two hot stinky garbage teams. It just so happened the Falcons were less stinky yesterday. The Falcons rushed for 228 yards on 31 carries. That's a cool 7.3 yards per attempt. There's the formula. That's what the Falcons have to do. They have to limit the exposure of Desmond Ritter. They have to be able to run the ball, and teams have been running it on the Saints the last few weeks. And New Orleans was losing players left and right. I mean, they were already without Marshawn Lattimore. It felt like every time you looked up, there was another Saint on the ground leaving for concussion protocol and leaving for an ankle. It was a mess, and the Falcons took advantage. Bijan Robinson had 16 carries, 91 yards, and a rushing score. He had three catches, 32 yards, and a receiving score. So it was the kind of thing you want to see out of Bijan. 19 total touches, 123 yards from scrimmage, two touchdowns. But it wasn't just Bijan. Tyler Algier had 10 carries and 64 yards. And how great was it to see Cordero Patterson involved? CP had eight carries, 43 yards, and some tough runs. Add to it, Desmond Ritter had seven carries for 30 yards, and it was a four-headed monster, which is, to me, what Arthur Smith wants to do with his offense. Desmond Ritter was 13 for 21, passing in his return to the starting lineup, 168 yards with a touchdown, and yes, two turnovers. One in the red zone, which I don't know if it was his fault. I don't know if Bijan undercut his route. There were two receivers in the area. It was just a funky-looking mess. Nonetheless, whoever it was on, it was a big red zone turnover when the Falcons were leading 14-9. Dez threw another pick in the uh, late stages of the third quarter as the Falcons were moving the ball again. Tyran Matthew, who, by the way, had both picks, ended up ending that Falcon possession. But let's give Desmond some credit. The following drive after that second interception, the Falcons were backed up inside their own 10 after a Bates forced fumble. We'll talk about Jesse in a moment. Desmond went 5-for-5 passing, 72 yards, and a dime he threw to Bijan Robinson with a blitzer right in his face. I thought it was one of the best drives, maybe the best throw he's had of his career. Here's where we are with Des. He's going to turn the ball over. That's why guys like... um, Jameis Winston couldn't be starting quarterbacks because they just don't value the football, and Dez turns the ball over. It's why he can't be a long-term starter. He does some good things. He makes some nice throws at times. But when you have the level of inconsistency in the turnovers, it's just not sustainable. 
So uh, the Falcon defense, they did the old bend but don't break thing, and it was like on display in a big way. They allowed 444 total yards but no touchdowns. They forced two red zone turnovers, both at the hands of Jesse Bates. Jesse's day, 12 tackles, forced fumble, uh, interception return, which was a 92-yard pickoff for a touchdown for the Falcons. He's the only player this year in the NFL who has forced a fumble and grabbed an interception in the same game in multiple games throughout the 2023 campaign. He's headed towards an all-pro type of a season. That's how good and impactful he's been. So the Falcons, as I said, are 5-6 and six overall. Don't like get it, don't get it twisted. They're still not good, but they're in the right division to not be good. The most important numbers, they're 3-0 and in the division, which should matter later when it comes to things like tiebreakers. Now they go to New York to play the Jets with the great Tim Boyle on Sunday at 1 o'clock. I don't know what the total, the over-under, is going to be set on that game, but to me it's got to be in the low 30s. You could have some weather, two offenses that struggle to get in the end zone. Again, it smells of 17-13 or 16-14, which we've seen the Falcons play a lot of times this year. But for this Sunday, they got a dub, they beat the hated Saints, and now they get to have a week to prepare for this matchup against the Jets. All right, I told you it's a little too quiet in Braves country. That usually means Alex Anthopoulos is about to pounce. The Braves have done two things so far this winter. Number one, they've opened up plenty of roster spots on the 40-man. They've also opened up some extra money in the process. And I bring that up for a reason. No one knows what the Braves' budget or payroll will be, but they do have a budget. Everybody does. Every business and every walk of life, even the bottomless spending Mets or the Phillies or the Dodgers, they all have payrolls and, and budgets. The Braves' active payroll might be 210 or $220 million, 230 I have no idea, and the bottom line is nobody does. So when you read guesses on the, the payroll, that's all they are, just accurate and sometimes inaccurate guesses trying to make educated numbers work for the Braves' payroll. Here's what we know. The Braves still have to address left field. That could be something happens internally with Vaughn Grissom. It could be a free agent or a trade or a value move they make to add there. The Braves certainly still need to add at least one legitimate veteran starting pitcher. Whether that comes in free agency or trade, we, we shall see. Since the Braves signed Ronaldo Lopez, again, everything's been very quiet. So my prediction now, this week I think the, Fal- the uh, Braves will make a somewhat significant move. I don't have any reason other than just that's how Alex kind of works in the shadows. Whether that's a trade for Dylan Cease or Shane Bieber, whether it's something with Corbin Burns or something in free agency where they sign a Marcus Stroman, or they get a deal done with Sonny Gray. I don't know who it's going to be. Nobody does. That's the beauty of Alex. Nobody has any clue when or where or what he's doing. But when all is quiet, usually this happens at the beginning of free agency or the beginning of of the offseason where it's like, oh, here's Josh Donaldson out of the blue. Oh, look, the Braves just signed Will Smith. Oh, the Braves just made a trade for Sean Murphy. Or they just made a trade for Matt Olson. That's kind of when those things happen. It's not when things get loud and all these rumors are popping up. Typically, when you hear that stuff, I remind you every time, there's usually not something as far as real kind of moves coming behind all the smoke. It's usually just that, something from agents to create a buzz, to create a market, and typically the Braves are not involved. So we'll see if I'm right by the end of the week. My prediction is the Braves make a semi-large move via free agency or trade. We'll see how it plays out. What would be great if it played out this way is if you guys would hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening on your favorite podcast platform. We're available on all the above. If you're someone who listens but has not subscribed, do me the favor of subscribing and yourself because you'll guarantee 
You get the pod every morning at 10 a.m. waiting for you in your feed each and every morning. I'll talk to you folks later this afternoon on the radio in Atlanta at 2 o'clock on 680 The Fan. We're back here tomorrow for the next edition of The Daily 10. Subscribe to The Daily 10 now and get the latest breaking news and biggest stories of the day every morning. Get more at 680thefan.com or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google, or wherever you get your favorite shows. Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the Derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Hey, sandwich lovers. Today is your lucky day. There's a whole new way to roll for lunch or dinner delight with Nucky's Hoagies in the Roswell Corner Shopping Center. Now open. Nucky's Hoagies in Roswell is family owned and operated by the subsisters, Stacy and Shannon, whose love language is food and Nucky's Hoagies, their passion. When you bite into a Nucky's Hoagie, you'll taste the difference. The softest hoagie rolls ever, along with hunger-quenching sandwich combinations. Make Nucky's Hoagies in Roswell on Woodstock Road your new favorite spot for lunch or dinner.